Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. The phone lines are full still. We've got folks who've been waiting quite a long time. So, Dana, we're going to not make you wait another second. Welcome into the drive. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, guys. A uh, couple of things that bother me with what with, with the direction that we're going. Uh, the first thing is that we are witnessing uh, no effort and talent from the very positions that Kenny Payne built his legacy on the University of Kentucky. Everybody that you know that that talks about him, how great of a coach he was, you know the bigs from uh, the big know, man whisperer, huh? The big man whisperer. That's what we absolutely. Yeah, but our our big men. I mean, for whatever reason, uh, you know, Kerry looks like he's taking. He looks like he's a, a senior in high school. If you want to, if that's even possible. Uh, plus, he's our captain, and you continue to let him be your captain with you being knowing that he's not giving you the effort. So if you have a captain that's not giving effort, what do you expect the rest of the team to do? So that's the first thing. I mean, I think there's a management issue there. Uh, The second thing is is I've always made fun on Facebook and on social media about Calipari's coaching tree and how none of his assistant coaches go on to have any success anywhere they go. I mean, with the exception of the kid or the guy down at uh, Georgia Tech, and his his success is, and you know, if you want to call that successful, but other than that, all of Calipari's other assistant coaches ends up mm-hmm. right back next to him at UK. So, I mean, I, I we love Kenny. Thank you for what he did for him for in the eighty on the eighty sixteen. Thank you for what he did for the four years that he was here. I think at this particular point, I think he's just in over his head with what we expect here at the University of Louisville. I mean, I hope it can turn around. I don't know what it will take to do it. I mean, I don't know if him getting some, you know, some quality recruits in here will make it happen. But, I mean, there's been, you know, at some point you got to say that I'm not motivating the players that I have. We can't be still saying the same thing in game 32 that we said in game one. That you know they aren't they they don't understand what to cross their chest. Well, doggone it! By now you've had them for almost a whole year. If they don't understand it, then maybe your message is not getting across. And I don't know if it's the players that we have that don't get it, or if the person that's sending the message. So uh, yeah, but that whole thing with the Calipari coaching tree—that's what—that's mm-hmm. the piece that really doesn't give me much hope. So, uh, you know, but I, I mean, again, I, as a regular Cardinal, just like any other Cardinal fan, I'm hoping against hope that, that that things can turn around. But, you know, here we are in March, and we've been out of the IARP situation, and the only recruit that we have is one that is now sitting on the bench hurt and another one from Africa. Come on now. Somebody's got to be saying that, look, I want to go play for Kenny if he's that great of a recruiter. Thanks, Dane. I appreciate uh, you waiting as long as you did, and thank you for that call. I mean, there's nothing wrong with really with with any of that. I don't. I mean, yes. I. I and there's nothing, by the way, nothing that would help Kenny more right now than 
like this Dennis Evans kid committing yeah. or or winning a legitimate unquestioned recruiting battle for someone because ultimately you think about recruiting when a kid commits or signed like they are voting for you they're ratifying you and Kenny needs that you're not just selling brake pads Mark that's right you're selling you that's right anyway I Do you know Bomani Jones actually gave me advice that's almost exactly like that oh I bet he's like the show's about you He's like, it's not about sports. The show's about you. I've never forgotten that. I it surprised me that we don't do more uh, three hour shows on, you know, dorky stuff. Just say yeah. Century novels about the whaling industry. Eat me. Call me Ishmael, bud. Anyway. <laughs> I love you, Mark. I know. I know that book is not cool. Like I don't. No, I'm not defensive dude, about it. I'm actually like I. <laughs> I think it's impressive that you finished it because as learned as I consider myself, I never finished Moby Dick. Well, I told you, though. I have my limits. I, should prob- I tried I should War and probably. Peace. Not happening. I've tried War and Peace before, too. I have. Didn't Do you remember the, the very first Dos Equis commercial with the most interesting man in the world? Yeah. The, one of the claims in the very first one was that he could speak French and Russian. French and Russian, yeah. In Russian, it, yeah. right. Yeah. And that freaking book is Russian with a ton of French in it that yeah. they just leave in French and then translate it in footnotes at the bottom. The book's hard enough to keep all these freaking characters with names that don't make no sense straight. Then half of them speak French to show they're cultured. Yeah. It's impossible. Well, it's like trying to read the first half of the Fellowship of the Ring when they have like the <laughs> fake languages, you know, with Elvish <laughs> and stuff. And you get through it, and it's rewarding. The last next two and a half books, but my God. Mark, thanks for waiting as long as you did, buddy. Welcome into the drive. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just... After watching last night's game, I was at the Clemson game. Had you know, I was like, man, we're turning it around, and we lose a couple. And then, you know, senior night, I was expecting something, and I, I just don't see how you. I know senior, it was senior night for Sidney Curry, but I don't know how you, you even play him at all. His effort was so horrible last night. He he got out rebounded by people that were by players that were smaller than him, and he looked like he didn't even care. And it's it. And I asked myself, why why do you even play him? And I'm, I mean. We have nothing to lose. Why aren't we developing some of our other guys, especially some of the guards? I, I don't know. I just and to me, trying to to figure out this portal thing and who's who's going to be in the portal and you know all these other. There's a lot of coaches that really feast off the portal, like Arkansas's coach and several others. And are we going to be able to get guys to fill in to fill some of these holes that we have on depending on who transfers out and and. I know mean, we have a couple of freshmen coming in, but we don't have a lot of guards coming in either. And if L. Ellis stays and goes pro, what are we going to do? I mean, he was half our production this year. So I, I, I don't know. I just don't see unless we do really good in the portal and bring a couple uh, big freshman recruits in here, I don't see how we're going to turn this around next year and make it any better to, and even get, have a winning season. Because uh, I think for him to keep his job, he's going to have to have a winning season or the fans are just are, – not going to turn out, and, and uh, Josh Hurd's not going to have any other choice but to go a different direction because the the uh, athletic department's going to lose so much money because we're not drawing anything in basketball either. So I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it. Yeah, look, the, I I am not in any like I've I've said he's going to get year two. I understand why you want to do that and support the guy because I think the number one thing that if if you have to make a move, you want to be able to make sure out of respect for him out of respect for future candidates for the job, you, it's it's important that you always have the reputation for giving someone everything they need to, to succeed and that the results are there. So I understand doing year two. But again, I'll go back to what I think we've said throughout the season, what we said throughout the show. To the extent that you say that this year is not about the job that Kenny's done or that none of these results are a reflection on him as a coach, which I think is an asinine <laughs> point of view. I'm sorry. I, I, it's ridiculous to say that none of this reflects on him. Well, then you have to, I think you have to insist on player turnover and you have to insist that having turned over the roster to whatever extent that you do, that the results be awesome. Like they're you the one saying that Kenny's not responsible for anything this team does, you are the one who are make, going to make sure that next year he's responsible for everything, all of it, and there won't be any room for this middle-of-the-road crap. No. I think he gets in, and to his point, to Mark's point, I mean, he's 
They're going to get two impact guards in the tra- in the transfer portal. They have to. Well, they have to. They doesn't have mean they're to. going to. Well, they have to. Because if they don't, You're it's right. going to be a, last year, you were it's right. be, it's gonna be a, a rough season if they don't get two impact guards in the transfer portal unless some high, highly rated freshman guards become available because of coaching turnover. Uh, that's what they have to have to look at. Um, and to the caller before, I for, forgive me, I don't remember his name. Uh, it was Dana before. Dana, thank you. Um, he made a couple of references that I think are, are kind of the crux of everybody's concern with Kenny. Not just like there's a few things that are that are sort of the source of this, and one is what we've seen on the court this year, and primarily like the defensive effectiveness of this team from the beginning to the end of the year, and how it hasn't changed, and how we feel like even if you don't have pure basketball talent if you have athleticism and you've played ball your whole life you should be able a good coach should be able to organize a team into an effective defense i think that's most of our opinions that have it, watched basketball. it's the it's easier least to do it on talent based thing yes like in it's shot blocking is a talent you know on the ball it's a talent but you can make a great defender out of a guy that doesn't have a lot of basketball skills you can do it you can do it and you can make a good defensive team out of a bunch of athletes you can do it but, and a lot of that's based on coaching, in my opinion, and coaching effort and coaching positioning more than anything. Um, but he kind of touched on some of the things that were concerns last year. I said something last last segment about Kenny's lack of a head coaching head coach experience. Yeah, he talked about the Cal tree. At, at his point in his career, Dana referenced a couple of things. One, the Cal Perry coaching tree, and then two, the things that, we actually thought Kenny was going to be good at one recruiting, which we have excused the 2022 class for the most part because he got a really late start on it, and most of the 2023 freshman class because he got a late start on it. That We'll have another conversation about that in a month. But the other thing was big man whisperer. And when you look at the multitude of big men that we had on this team and we kind of break it down, Guy by guy, Rose Wheeler has been spotty at best of even seeing the floor. And most people expect him to transfer out at this point. Sidney Curry is a shell of the player he was in the, at the end of last year. Uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, I think there's meat on that bone. But he hasn't been spectacular. He hasn't been terrible. He's been good in spurts and injured a lot of the time. But I think there's meat on that bone for later. Uh, um JJ's been pretty good, but he's also played almost a 3-4 more than a 5 in most lineups this year. Uh, Jalen the same. So it's hard to point out in a core four, we just didn't get much of a sample size and he's raw and whatever. Like you just you have no evidence there. It goes along the same lines of what I said earlier. Like the stuff we've got Kenny Payne and Danny Manning on this staff. <laughs> And a bunch of like bigs that didn't get any better this year, except for JJ Trainer. Like it, that's tough, especially when that was a big selling point. So you can understand why almost everybody's uneasy with this, with this situation, because the things that you were promised either haven't had a chance to succeed, or there is no evidence that they actually have the ability to do it. And then the other stuff that you were told to accept, or you were ready to accept like he doesn't have any head coaching experience he's going to learn a little bit on the job are harder to go along with because the other things aren't there things that we expected him to be good at aren't there except for it seems like player relationships yeah that that is the most difficult part is that we are excusing this as a team that can't be related to or a team that can't be reached when we were told kind of the people skills in particular, probably the reason he got the job, it was everyone was like, this is a pe- – everyone loves this guy. Yeah. You will want this guy. Like, if he can't reach them, who can? And, and you're trying to tell me that these guys are less reachable than DeMarcus Cousins? Like, I do not believe – I do not believe – that this is a group that just can't be reached. No. But they haven't been reached. And they bear the brunt of a lot of that. They're turds. And they've acted like turds at times. 
pretty much all of them at some point. But they're, like they, they're not. I'm sure it's not an easy group to coach. Turks, I'm sure huh? he probably feels like a lot of the time he has to do way more, even attempted uh, motivating than than usual. But that's the job. Yeah. What's weird, Mark, is that to a man, most of them have said they like Kenny and they like playing for him. Like yeah. if they've been in front of a microphone. Yeah. But what's the but what's the point of relationship building? And like, how can you don't like him enough to do what he says? Exactly, that's my point. Like, what's the point of being strong relationship and kids wanting to play for you if they don't want to listen to you? If, but like, what's the, the point of having breath, a good relationship with somebody if you're not going to get them to do what they're supposed to do? That's what I'm saying. Like, in the same breath, you're saying they're uncoachable, but they really like you. Like, it, that just tells me that I don't know. You're spending too much on the on the sugar and not enough on the vinegar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just there's like there's just got to be a different way because ultimately the goal. Like, yes, you want to help these kids in everything in their life, and you want to help them through, but the goal for all of you is to win basketball games and to become better basketball players when you come here. That's why you come here. We'll set you, we're going to set you up for life, too, but this is you came here to play basketball, and you came here to become a better basketball player. Who cares if you're buddies with your coach or you like them if you don't listen to them or if the coach can't make you listen to them? But it's not hard for us to look at it should you say, like your coach if you're four and twenty six? I mean, it's not your point all the season, Mark. Like he's the good cop, so naturally you would gravitate to liking your coach if he's the good cop, like he was at Kentucky. But that's my point. Like four and twenty six, something doesn't work with the relationship. There's something off. Like you well, said, having like a good relationship with the player is, it's a means to an end. It's not an end. Like the whole point of developing good relationships and having good relationships is to get them to do something. Yeah. Like I'm glad you all can relate, and it's supposed to be mutually you, beneficial. Not been well, we've not been hired to be the relator, right? But you know what I'm saying. Like it, at the end of the day, it's not like it's just for your benefit. Yeah. Everybody benefits. Like you develop this relationship with a kid, and he wants to do everything you tell him. At the end of the day, it's going to be beneficial for him and beneficial for you. It's win win and everybody. You know what I mean? But, like, what's the point of them saying, I love playing for Kenny Payne? If in the same breath, in that same press conference, Kenny's going to get on the mic later and say, they won't do what they, they tell them to do. And I can't wait to start recruiting kids who are gotta, <laughs> like the, better. I got to be honest that are better with you, Mark. Like, like more, but I'm stuck on that press conference more than any other press conference he's done in the last three months, four months. I am. I thought it was really jarring to hear him basically – Seriously, basically indict the parenting of the kids that he has. Hmm. Indirectly, almost directly. It's an implication. I don't think he meant it that way. Well, that's another but it's not brick a crazy in the wall of how bad yeah. his PR yeah. and the, how bad he is in front of a mic yeah. full time. Yeah. Like he just the way he said it, basically like kids that have been brought up right. I can't wait to get kids in here that were brought up the right way. Like that's what I heard him say. Tell me I'm wrong. No, and I didn't, he didn't say. He, he didn't say the kids on this roster have been parented poorly, but that's the implication when you say, I want kids on this roster that have been brought up the right way and that will listen to me. That hit my ears so wrong when he said that. I like Kenny. Well, the, the, but I what I don't like about this is it's like it's – I have one way of doing things. It didn't work with this group, and that's tough luck. Now, like that's uh, that is ridiculous because I think what you don't have this is where I think like you, if you want to be really critical of Kenny, I don't think we've gotten to the end of this year and fe felt like he just emptied the whole the the clip here. I tried everything I can think of. It's it's the the it's the meme. It's we've tried nothing and we're out of ideas. Exactly. Like Sidney Curry's still how captain. many? Well, how many times can we can we go to a post game press conference and you say like we had guys who just didn't show up tonight? Well, then I don't want to see that guy anymore. Yeah, but to have post game press conference that says uh, we have guys who just didn't show up, and that dude's starting the very next game, I would like to have to put out an APB for that person. I joked about it already about the trap door on the sideline. Yeah, not one person can find their way to Siberia. Not one person. Just for the message of it all? And you, you might ask yourself, like, who well, who would they put? Like, if you're going to bench City who are you going to put it? I don't put – doesn't matter. If it's embarrassing, maybe they'll learn. Put a core for on one foot in there. For Who cares at this point? There's two games left. That's the point, is that 
Play someone outside, out of position because you have to, and then gripe about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, from the outside looking in, it's not hard to see. Well, there's no there's no accountability, outward accountability for most of the players on this court. So why why would they listen to you? But there isn't any from really from him either. One of the things that I well, that's what that I say, like truly, outwardly facing. There's no there's no well, accountability from our from our point of view. What bothers me so much about calling them out is talking about it as if that's not also his responsibility. I know, I know. Or, or he's responsible for it. They are responsible for how. And listen, if you are one of these players that like you think that like Kenny is the problem. And that you're just gonna like go somewhere else, and it's gonna be great. This tape will follow you. Trust me. You've put a lot of crap on tape, so good luck with that. I am not exonerating the players of their own responsibility to pl- like just be adults at times. But I've ne- I have in his sort of calling them out. You know, these guys didn't show up, right? Fighting conditioning, whatever it might be. There's he never brings it back to. And that's that's my response. Like even Dorky Stoops is like it's on me. Like he would at least make sure you say it. And there isn't that. Like it's not enough to just. It's Rutherford tweeted at me last night. You know about the neighbor that yeah. puts a dog outside. He barks all night long, and people are like, dude, you're killing us with this dog. Is like, well, I tell him to be quiet? No. Oh, well, that's not working. And then What's I said that, that that was the dog that. Yeah, and guess on what? Keeping him in the lineup and then coming to the postgame press conference and being like. I don't like him or his family, is not resulting in anything. You've not reached any of these guys. And it really just doesn't look like anything's even different or tried or anything. And somebody says, you scream when you put in Zan. It's because he was putting Zan in in front of other guards. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's why we were yelling. Because he wasn't the doing anything. He was the first player off the bench He was the first season. player off the bench. But when he, put, he puts in Zan, when Mike James and Ellis at least play hard. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This really just comes down to it's who he was taking the off the court. The centers haven't and shown then, us anything. Know, yeah, and you thought it would be his strength as a coach, their strength as a team, and Roosevelt Wheeler, Brendan Hunley, Atfield, Sidney Curry have been lame. They have. We thought they have been severe disappointments. I agree, and the entire team can't dribble. Yeah, but again, I want to just go back to besides that. What it's else is wrong? not okay. To just wash Kenny's hands of all of this. It's, it's not. It's it is not, not okay. Because you can say even you know, last year this team wasn't any good. Guys, last year this team, first of all, won three times as many games. Yeah. And it's not like Louisville lost 25 buzzer beaters this year. They've hardly been competitive in all of them, or almost all of them, for a while now. Like, Chris Max team last year that tried to change offenses in the offseason and he bailed out in the middle of it and then he got run out of here, quit, whatever, how he, I don't care how you say it. That team was 200 spots better in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency than this team. 200. Jeez. So it's not like he even like continued what happened last year. I just wish there was more ownership because the minute there's ownership, that means that you can give people the sense that you know why it went wrong. We don't even get that. Sorry, I was trying to count. How Are you many, okay? Yeah, I was trying sick. to. I was trying to count how many times that we lost by less than double digits this year. Oh, that's a ridiculous thing. Enough to count. Yeah, well, I started. Now I've stopped. Right, well, I'll do it. Tell break. me. I'll do it in the break because it's going to involved. I'll be seen, quiet for another minute and a half if I do that. I think I've ever seen those like seventeen double digit losses at the university. That would be what seven. That sounds about games. right. I mean, the thing is, most of these double digit losses they were blowouts, and there's no ownership of that either. 100%. Would you like to know how many times this year Louisville's had single-digit turnovers? Yeah, I would. I'm going to go see three. And I don't even feel confident on that either. I think it's too high. Unless this is, like, wrong, the answer is zero. <laughs> Louisville's low turnover game this year is 10. No, that's not right. There's a seven. It looks like there's a seven and a nine. No, I'm in the assist column. I'm looking at the assist. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? There are single digit ones of those. There are none. Like I'm sorry. Like this, it, it, that is. I refuse to just 
chalk this up to bad apples. 16 double-digit losses this year. 10 single-digit losses, and three of those were the opening three-game stretch of one-point losses. 81-50-93-9. That's uh, the number if you want uh, to get in here. 38-31-93-9 for the UPS Shop Text Line. What's that face mean? You just look like it was like the text of the wrong caller right. name in there. Well, just, that's what he's told me. So. All right. We'll see about this. I just want you to know my hackles are, are raised here. KG, welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, bud? Hey, fellas. Hey, I just want to piggyback off of what y'all have been talking about and talk about Kenny Payne. And he keeps referencing this Louisville standard. And I think we all can agree Louisville standard, probably 20 plus wins, maybe, make a sweet 16. That's Louisville standard. And what I'm frustrated with is he keeps talking about this Louisville standard as if the players need to play up to this standard. I don't agree with that. We know what the standard is of the fan base, but I want the players to play to his standard. Stop talking about Louisville because that's kind of a big picture. I want our players to fear our coach and respect our coach enough to play to his standard, no matter what the school standard is. And if he, what you all were talking about is okay with them playing, you know, the ball that they're playing, not benching them, not sitting them down, not putting in other players, then what standard are they playing to? Because it sure as hell isn't the Louisville standard. Is it his standard? And if that's his standard, there's no way that's, that's good enough for us as a fan base. And he needs to correct that. And haven't seen it this year. They kept making excuses for him, uh, or pe- some people have made excuses for him during the year. We'll give him the second year. We'll see what happens. But, again, my big point is forget the Louisville standard. Play to Kenny Payne's standard, and then if they are playing to his standard and these are the results, then I think we all know what needs to happen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, the call there. Uh, this, When it comes to standards, that sort of thing, I listen, I, I, I think it's fair to say you can sit in a post-game press conference or you can even sit and stand and practice and you can preach about and harp about a standard this is, you know, play to the Louisville standard and all this sort of thing. But Sidney Curry knows he's still in the starting lineup. And he doesn't come out, or Jalen Withers doesn't come out when he dribbles the ball off his leg or steps out of bounds. They all know this. It never impacts anything in the only concrete way that players, I think, over thousands of years have been shown to learn. The old, It's the only time I'll ever quote Bob Knight positively. Ask me, it's bench. Like that's yeah. you get what you tolerate, and I think that's that's kind of part of the overall disconnect we've been talking about for months. Is like there's no personal accountability. Um, you complain about the players, but they keep playing. You talk about Louisville standard and these broad statements, but we don't see the incremental improvements towards them. Like I think that that's kind of part of what KG was talking about when he says. I think those platitudes or those those broad statements are part of the problem. And like that's all we got all year from him for the most part. And he finally started getting a little more specific in the last couple months, but not much. And we still saw the same people going out there and playing, even though he got more specific about what they were doing wrong. Like I I don't know. This whole season's been it's been hard to make sense of any of it. And I don't blame anybody for being all the way out. I'm frustrated on it. Change is coming, hopefully. Let's take a uh, our last break here. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on this one. We've literally not talked about anything else, and there's been a handful of other inter- interesting things. That I know lots here. of stuff I'd love to talk about, and none of them have anything to do with Louisville basketball. But that's what's happening. That's what's happening. So we'll talk about all that here. One more segment here on the drive on the boat. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. 
You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Wednesday. Uh, an absolutely fascinating a story developing around the NFL draft, uh, Dave, with Jalen Carter, the Georgia uh, edge, who has been, I think, rumored to be at the top of a whole. Every team in the league that doesn't need a quarterback would take him right away. Uh, has been rumored to be uh, in play for that number one overall uh, draft pick mm-hmm. position. Just a stellar player. One of the Georgia seems to just grow them. It's insane. Their front seven is just perennially ridiculous like take like you know louisville basketball like it's all six seven guys so is georgia but they're like six seven two seventy and can run four fives or all of them yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> but they what can they've all got. Run. they're just ridiculous but you recall a couple of weeks ago there was a really terribly sad story they had a player yeah. and an athletics department staffer in what was told or reported to be a one car accident it was just an awful thing uh what had happened well now we've learned a whole lot more details about this thankfully entirely entirely owing entirely to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for digging into it, uh, public records and that sort of thing, that J- they have now determined Jalen Carter was there, claimed that he was not there, said he was somewhere else, and not only was he there, the driver, the, the athlete who passed away, was was legally you know over the, the limit, and that they were racing. That you had a sh- basically a street race between two guys, and that one of them wrecked, and then Jalen Carter apparently lied about where he was to sort of cover up his involvement in it. I'm and, sure. And had the Atlanta Journal Constitution not dug into this, we wouldn't know about any of this. That's wild, man. Uh, it's crazy. You remember when when Kirby Smart got hired at Georgia? The first thing they did. Do you remember this? They went and changed the Freedom of Information Act laws in the state of Georgia. He pushed for it, lobbied for it, and they did to where they all have 90 days to respond to open records requests instead of three days. That's wild. And this is why. This is like PR discipline from him to cover up things like this. But the f- interesting part about this, in a, in a terrible story, like believe me, it's it's awful. You had Todd McShay who dropped him on his his board and said that he heard that there were character issues about him, and everyone killed Todd McShay. And I'm one of those people who has typically killed draft guys when they hear so that sort when of thing. So, when they're so uh, nebulous or like just Well, sometimes it feels vague it. or manipulative. I totally yeah. agree with you. But every once in a while, there really are character issues with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing happened, by the way, when I was a teenager with Warren Sapp. Remember, Warren Sapp comes out of college, like he's going to be the number one overall pick, all this. And then you start sliding and you start hearing about all these things that come out afterwards and turn out to be true. doesn't mean he, he won't be a good player or something in the NFL, but... McShay wasn't making it up whole cloth. We we might not believe it every time some of these draft guys say that there are characteristics about this or that guy, but sometimes they know something. Yeah. And I would be uh, interested to know if this was it. I'm saying like I if you hear so. other, other things. Oh. Um, because this is awful. This is terrible. And I, and I can't, I'm not going to diminish it at all. Like it's, it's, it's really awful. It might be an isolated incident, but it's, it's a hell of an isolated incident. Like you're involved in essentially, I won't say that he was intoxicated because I don't know anything like that, but the other party was, and they were racing late at night in cars. That's off. That's just in a Jeep and an expedition. Not exactly the most agile of cars. Just a reckless, like reckless is the main word for it. Like I don't, it's not, um, well, in this case, you're talking about somebody who knows. Yeah, you're this close. The draft is literally a couple months away. You are a couple of months from, from the rest getting of drafted life. and being set for life. All you have to do is not this. Just don't do this. And if I'm his age, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. And when people say they're character concerns, sometimes that's code. Sometimes that's freaking racist. But sometimes it's this. I mean, we saw, like, a few years ago, this is a completely different story, obviously, but Laramie Tunsil, the day of the draft, this is a video that gets linked of him smoking with a bong or a gas mask, whatever it was. God, that and was a gas surreal. mask. Yeah, yeah, and like- then he just drops, like, ten picks or so because they're like, oh, this is character concerns here. And obviously it's a different story. It, yeah, and Carr's a completely different. different type of player, obviously, but it's like we've seen in the past where instances like that happens, 
and a player drops. So Carter's. You know what kills me though. The thing about that is that's such a different situation than racing and. Right, because that's being just choosing recklessness. Of, being a yeah. part of a teammate's death and smoking weed, which at this point is almost accepted right. coast to coast, and I could care less about it. What makes me right? What makes me laugh about it though is like Warren Sapp. To go back to a famous example, was for yeah. the longest time was going to be the number one overall. He should have been. He starts falling. The Bucks, the Bucks get him in the teens. It's like I got. I have questions about that guy's character. I'll only take him at. 12 right <laughs> you so he know doesn't fall mean? out of the first round <laughs> yeah like what like, like we didn't what? love him at one but at 12 but he's at okay. 12 we can put him in a system it's just we, can, we, can yeah. take a, we can take a chance it's so there. transparent what's going on there uh it just makes me like wow we can't take a guy with questions like that at one but if we can <laughs> trade back up and get him at 26 hell yeah we're in <laughs> it's just a blip just, and you know what? Like you don't want to overdo this, Dave. You don't want to like overstate things. Warren Sapp had an unbelievably great career that he never missed a game because of any kind of behavioral issue. Tunsil's been the same way. No yeah. problem. Tunsil's this guy's been creating problems. Yeah. And most of the time when you hear that character issues, they're really just dumb twenty one year olds yeah. with Adonis bodies. Unless they're know? unless they're Bo Callahan. And, and don't know, you know what limits are. You know, like that's usually what you're talking about. Listen to you, another Callahan reference. But like this is a remarkable story, and now it does. It kind of makes you wonder: like, did he only get charged because the Atlanta Journal Constitution even covered this? Probably. It doesn't seem like they and they're were, misdemeanors, like read, by the way. I read a couple of different articles on it, kind of trying to parse it, and that is important to say. Like, both of them are misdemeanors. He's not going to be charged with a felony. This won't result in jail time, most likely. Um, but they are misdemeanors that, quite frankly, I mean it. It's really the worst-looking kind. It was reckless driving and racing, which are both misdemeanors in the state of Georgia. But they seem to have, like, who you raced with, the actions seem to have led directly to the death of two people. Like, you were involved in it. You were a party to it. Even though you didn't kill anybody yourself. Like, that's a tough thing. I'm sure he's had a tough time dealing with it. If he has any kind of conscience, which I'm sure he does. Like, it's... That's a lot to carry, but the fact that it seems like it was covered up makes it so much worse. It's going to make it so much worse. And that's the question. Like, if you are these teams interested in Carter, like he was supposed to speak today. Obviously, with the circumstances, yep. they did yep. not let him speak today. And I get it completely from you know the combine perspective yep. there. But like during the draft interview process, he's gonna have to atone for this. He's gonna answer. Did they questions. ask you about like? cheating on a spelling test when you're 12 you know what i mean like they'll ask him about this a lot about this will be a massive part of his life and the thing is when you find out about a possible cover-up or something what does it do it makes you ask the other questions where it's probably not fair to say that he was drunk but it's akin to leaving the scene of a crime leaving a scene of an accident what's the first thing you think when somebody leaves the scene of, a, of an accident oh he was drunk if he didn't want, he's got he, a reason for people. He's got yeah. a reason he know, he for not more wanting than to be there. Think. Yeah, like if if he was not drinking at all, he probably would have. Or like if he was sober, why wouldn't he stop his car and wait for the uh, ambulance with it? You know what I mean, or whatever. Like whatever the situation was, they didn't want to know that he was there. They didn't want people to know that. He felt like he had something to hide for yeah. sure. So it's, it's. I mean, I understand. I was making my joke about like they fought down the draft boards and, and that sort of thing. But I mean, I understand not wanting to take a risk on somebody with the number one overall pick or something. Sure. Well, do you remember Leo Collins? Yeah. From LSU, like he had that. Yeah, he's still like, in the league. Yeah. yeah, he's still in the league, but he ended up going undrafted <laughs> because of an incident where he was alleged to maybe be involved in a murder of someone or something shooting, but he ends up slipping. He's like, "Yeah, we're not drafting you," and then. Ends up getting cleared or like just about cleared, or whatever it was, and gets signed by the Cowboys. Because <laughs> the Cowboys, they, I, like, I made I it completely care. worse with the Cowboys because they just like, oh, we'll Jer- sign you. Jerry Jones would sign OJ Simpson right now. I'm a little surprised Ruggs hasn't signed with <laughs> the Cowboys. He's giving all the legal stuff. That's he's in jail. On. That's why <laughs> uh, he's in prison. Uh, no, it's it's look. I'm not in any way, shape, or form. I don't want to say that he was intoxicated, but it begs questions when somebody leaves more questions. And maybe it's as simple as he knew this would be a lot of trouble, and he and people helped him cover uh, it, up. I mean, in the people moment, he told the cops he wasn't there. Yeah. And somebody died. Yeah. 
So I can understand why teams are going to be a little bit hesitant, especially up at the top yeah. of the draft board. Even if he sure. wasn't any other thing, his actions alone that night are a problem. What do you think of the uh, the Dan Snyder story that has come out now? Uh, it seems very funny to me that that story came out one day after the battling back and forth uh, about will he or will he not sell the team to Jeff Bezos? Yeah. And has he frozen him out? And would I have a hard time believing that anyone, even someone as craven as Daniel Snyder is, that he would take a billion less dollars or something just to, just to spite no way Bezos? I, I but at the slightest hint that there was any possibility that he would try to get out of selling the team, bam, here comes another story about something that Dan Snyder did wrong. And it's it really ought to be a warning to him. These people want you out. There's there's more, buddy. And they'll keep they've they've held on. <laughs> and if you play all. this leak game, that's the worst thing about being like, well that's the worst of it. It's out there. Is it? We got two Are you sure that's stories? all they know? Yeah. Yeah, because none of us knew about this. Mm-hmm. And it's out there. And this, to me, this is other owners because it also implicates Goodell in kind of quickly putting together a, an arbitration thing and making this go away to where no one know, knew about it. This is another owner being like, no, we want, we want, Be- like, the NFL owners want Bezos to own a team. It's good for all of them if he comes in and his money bags and can get a stadium built because that makes all their franchises more valuable. That makes the TV deal more valuable. They all want this. Snyder being an anchor like this on a franchise like Washington, who should be one of problem. the best, it's a real problem. And I'm telling you, like, every single time you watch between here and whenever it happens, and it eventually will, well, every single time he hesitates to, or there's any hint that he might not want to sell the team, another story's coming. Drop another one. Yep. Drop another Drop 100%. the needle. Drop the needle on that record. We yep. got another one. Uh Interesting enough, this is somewhat related to that story. Um, the NFL Players Association put out their association put that. out their uh, their uh, rankings of free agency destinations. Yeah, so they polled players. Yeah. yeah, and asked them their opinions. And you can take a look at it if you want. It was the NFLPA themselves that put it out there. Uh, but I will uh, give you a guess at who the best free agency de- uh, destination was. The best free agency destination in the NFL? Number one. I'm going to go defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City just because they're cause ring chasing. Um, no? They are 29th out of 32. Uh, surprisingly, I'm surprised. Like, it's amazing to me. I thought that would be way higher. Miami Dolphins. I think they were top five. I'm, I'm literally they're just second. thinking quality of life. Okay, 49ers. So- but this was just to give you all the, uh, the categories so you have a better maybe grasp of it. Treatment of families was number was one. Food service slash nutrition. Weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, team travel. And it looks like the treatment of families was the anchor around Miami's neck because they were first in... So who's first? One, two, three, if four, it's four, not six, the Dolphins... I know it's not the Pogs. You're never going to guess it. Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> you know that kind of makes sense. Like if you average everything does out, it? That it, it does. It, no, it's just like it's like a random team when you average stuff out. It's like okay, that it's like a weird team you didn't think about. They just—it sounds to me like they do a lot of great stuff, but you still have to live in Minnesota. Yeah, it's like they're not the number one choice, but it's like you know you do average out the rankings. It's like okay, they just jumped to number one because they averaged so high. They must have kick-ass uh, <laughs> like food service at the facility you know, get you know that like Friday night. by far the best daycare in the entire nfl like right. it's not even close it's like just a, gilded like it's amazing like they've got a great daycare <laughs> and they serve steak like it's like some alabama facility you know <laughs> it's like, like dude they have a, they have a retractable a, roof dome <laughs> it's like they have they have a chick-fil-a and a popeyes in the facility it's like a food court yeah like they have an amazing food <laughs> court like i you know it's a swimming it's, pool your kids can take lessons there <laughs> Let's get to. Do you have any idea who the last one was? By the way? worst. Worst. It Washington wasn't. It was Washington. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was connected. Dan Snyder. He pulls everything down. He sucks at being an owner. He has all the money in the world and doesn't spend it properly and treats people he, like. Garbage. I'm not even sure that he does have all the money in the world, given what we've learned that he basically sure, like got good, an under the table loan. That's a good point. And he might very well have ripped off his uh, minority owners there that he bought you know bought portions of the team back from. They're saying that he may have misrepresented the valuation of that. To pay less, you know, for it. So we'll see. Let's squeeze Jesse in here before we hit uh, the top of the hour here. Jesse, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive. What's up? Hey, Doc. Good stuff to you again. Uh, 
man, I just want to hit on a couple of things. Uh, you guys were talking earlier. I don't know what happened uh, about somebody who's getting ready to get drafted, but I heard the end of the story. Man, this happened a lot. And I, I, be, I put money on this. He was probably he, – nothing. there never was another draft. It's always somebody or some friend who plans on being there and milking them after they uh, sign the contract. I remember – I remember Lenny Bias. Hmm. You remember that? I oh, do. Yeah. Never smoked in his life. The night before he gets drafted, I think it was, he goes in a room and smokes some drug that his Crack. friend gave him. And he, they say he took one hit of it and leaned back, and it was over. But it's always some guy who, uh, who plans on just being the wrong person around them, and they want to celebrate with them. It happens a lot, man, with these young fellas. That's one thing. The other thing is, did you guys talk about Mike James' performance last night? Yeah, I called him a bully. Uh, he, he had a great stretch there. Man, this guy scored against all odds. That guy who was guarding him was the greatest uh, body-buffing guy I have seen all year. He, he was all over it. If, if Mike James shot ten times, eight of those were fouls. And these referees were just unbelievable last night. One time, I don't know, J.J. Trainer was getting ready to make a move, and the guy called a travel. <laughs> On Louisville, when Louisville was coming back, I think we were down by three or four. I said, you, even that, we don't get it. We never get a break with these guys. Unbelievable. But And then my last thing. Man, I hope Lamar Jackson, I know I'm all over the place. That's I all right. hope Lamar Jackson does not go to the Atlanta Falcons. I cannot stand <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. He just, I really wish that somebody in Baltimore would get, you know, some, the hoonses, as they call them, and sign this man, give him what he wants. He's worth it. That's my take. Appreciate, appreciate. Yep, appreciate the other caller. I, I, I'm still optimistic that ultimately they'll get something done in Baltimore. Uh, but I don't know. They're both going to have to figure out a number that makes them feel like they saved face. The Baltimore, like we didn't give a Deshaun Watson deal. Lamar, like I didn't settle for. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough at this point. I don't know, but I hear what you say. Like it's going to have to be something that makes both sides happy. Well, I they've don't dug know if in. That number, I don't know if that number exists because they've dug in, though. They've become. I was talking to Tyler about this, and now you guys had this conversation. It's kind of become like a proxy war, you know, between the NFLPA and the owners. You know, this it's it's like Vietnam, you know, during the Cold War. It's Korea. You know, yeah, like that's what a this lot is. of interested parties are very, very much rooting for yeah. one of them to not give at all. Not giving it. I mean, if you're the Bengals, you're like Baltimore, God yeah. please save me from having to give Burrow one billion dollars guaranteed. And if you're you know, if you're the players, you're like Lamar, if you win this one, like if you get a fully guaranteed deal, and it's strictly on the merits. It's not. It's not a franchise that's desperate like the Browns are, uh, and have to overpay. And by the way, the Browns are already kind of saber rattling. This deal isn't going to work for them because he's like a fifty-five million dollar cap hit next year. Yeah. If he wins, Joe Burrow's getting a deal, and then if Joe Burrow gets a deal like that, Pat Mahomes getting a new one like that, Josh Allen's getting a new one like that, Justin Herbert's getting one like that. I mean, Joe Burrow is the big one. Just, like Trevor said. Lawrence is going to get one yeah. like that. Like it's they and they all know it. And Lamar does actually seem like the kind of guy who would be aware of that and be willing to, to sort of, sort of, you know, he'll die for this so that you guys can all get guaranteed contracts. He's gonna, I, I it wouldn't shock me at all. Somebody if he's somewhere is acutely aware him. of that. I just hope that it happens soon, so it's not hanging over his head for the next couple of years. If it ends up being a franchise tag or something like that, I just, I, the listen, I, this I, ends I the don't. Better. I don't believe he'll play on he the tag. He won't play on a tag, but they might tag him and, and you know do the limited tag or whatever with a uh, the non exclusive. Non exclusive, thank you. And I like I I will not cast any aspersions on the dead, but I thought Lim Bias had a cocaine problem. I but, thought it was just a one time thing. What's that? I thought it was just an incident. It was just a one time yeah, thing. That's my, I don't know. Like I, I've I've read up on him quite a few times, but I know that they the made night a documentary before, a few years ago, and I saw it. It's just been a while since I've seen the doc, so I can't remember. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning. I thought he had the problem. It was him. I don't his, know. I know he was snorting cocaine with him, his teammates. You know that the night before that was the story, but I'm not casting any aspersions on the dead. It's a tragedy, regardless of how he passed away. It was awful. Um, 
and a, a cautionary tale. Cocaine was such an issue in the eighties. It was not like it's not today, but it was such a massive issue uh, back then. But um, yeah, the thing with I just blanked on his name. Jalen Carter. Thank you. With Jalen Carter is is tragic, regardless of how you split it. I just hope. I don't know what I hope. Like if he if he left the scene of the crime, it's it's monumentally stupid if he left the scene of an accident. If he was involved, that's always a crime. This like this, it, this is not different than the Brandon Miller situation in this way. He didn't make the other. He didn't kill that other person. Brandon Miller yeah. didn't shoot that uh, that young lady. Uh, he didn't make the other folks wreck their car. But man, you're an idiot. Yeah. For being around and being involved in any of that, right when you are on the cusp of being set for life, regardless of what the other details, because I think there are some important distinctions to be made between Brandon Miller and Jalen Carter. But regardless of what the details are, they're similar. You in that must way. be smarter about where you are. What's at risk for you versus doing. somebody else? Right. You know, Brandon Miller is going to be a top three pick. He's out of this world. Carter going to be a top three pick. He's out of this world. There's so much on the line, stuff that you like. And more than losing his career, his friends lost their lives. Yeah, which was a bigger loss than him losing his career. And I don't think he's lost his career because they're misdemeanors, right. and he might have lost draft stock. But he's not. I don't think he's going to prison or anything because of this. But it his this should be a layup for him though. And now he's got work to do. And now he's got work. Like it's it it was an awful thing that he was involved in. But it would have been easier to navigate if he hadn't left. And covered it up basically. So it's it's monumentally stupid that he was racing that night, but it, it raises more questions. It makes people question whether he was intoxicated, what what was and, going on that night. And I'm not saying it's fair or not, but when you leave the scene of the crime, you look guilty. You look guilty. And there are real like you lose millions dropping every one of those spots. That is guaranteed money. Right off the top, that you do lose. So there are. Uh, Texas says he tried it for the first time again. Like I've seen the documentary, I've read. I'm not. My memory's probably failing me. I'm not trying to cast aspersions or anything. Uh, either way, it was a massive tragedy. Whether it was the first time or the hundredth time. All right, that is Sounds going like to do it for us here. You've been listening to the Drive on Nothing in the Bill. See you.